It's draft week, the final mock draft Monday of the 2023 NFL draft season, and we are not making our own mock drafts. We're diving into one of the most plugged-in guys in the NFL, and that is Peter King dropped his mock draft on this Monday. So what does Peter King have going on? What do we like about it? What do we not like about it? And what are we starting to learn from some of the most plugged-in analysts and journalists in the NFL leading up to the 2023 NFL draft on today's Peacock and Williamson? NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Subscribe up to the new YouTube channel for PNW and make sure you check out everything else the network has to offer. Your team is covered right here at Locked On. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self discovery from wherever you are. Visit BetterHelp. Dot com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. Okay, Matt, here we go. Peter King's mock draft, and usually it's a pretty good one. Usually it's a pretty accurate one, or at least uh, there is some really good nuggets in here from some of his conversations with teams and execs, and there he, he's, he's, he's one of the few guys where he could pick up a, a, a phone or, or shoot a text and maybe even get an answer from a GM. Now, GMs aren't going to tell him exactly what they think, but GMs might tell him what they think the other teams might think. Right, exactly. And happy draft week to all. Uh, I'm pretty pretty wound up here. We're coming down the home stretch. Last time for a mock draft Monday until, well, after the draft, there'll be McShay's way too early one or something like that. You know, we'll start right, about yeah. next year's or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought this was a good last one to talk about because Peter King is very dialed in. He's been doing this a very long time. And like you said, I mean, People will tell you, oh, I think the, the Colts are all over this guy or, you know, and you and I were talking off the air. We're starting to get to that intersection where lying season and the truth coming out are starting to intersect. And I'm a sap, but I'm believing a few of these things, such as I don't know that Houston's going to go quarterback at two. I could see the Colts being infatuated with Levis, you know, so some of these things I'm starting to believe. Basically, when the combine hits, it's best not to believe anything until the week of the draft and really yeah, the morning yeah. of the draft. That's when when you really start to see a lot of this stuff. Draft morning, too, is, is when it starts to become even more real. It's like, okay, this is actually going to happen. Or when teams just tell you who they're going to pick number one. Panthers keep saying they're still not sure who they're going to pick number one. But yeah, everything right. is now overwhelmingly starting to point to, and including in Peter King's mock draft, Bryce Young, quarterback from Alabama, number one to Carolina. I think we're officially at the point where the draft starts at number two. And the fun, the fun part, I think, of this whole draft is if the Houston Texans, which we're starting to hear a lot now in multiple places and including Peter King's mock draft, is if the Houston Texans don't go quarterback at two. And Peter has them going Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson with the second pick in the draft for Houston. See, I understand not going quarterback at two, especially with 12 in your back pocket and a lot of draft capital. If you're not in love with a quarterback not named Young, Maybe you get Levis later or Richardson or trade down and get Hooker or in the second round. Still, and I understand traits go a long way, especially with defensive linemen. 
I think Anderson's just a much better prospect than Wilson. And I think Wilson has a fair amount of bust potential, to be honest with you. He does not look like a second overall pick to me. I mean, I think he looks like a 10th overall pick most years. Yeah, he's much more boomer bust for sure. And, you know, similar to what we saw last year with the, you know, the lengthy high upside player that has great workout numbers and and you can project to be something great. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And we saw the Jaguars, you know, take a swing at number one last year with that type of player, different style of player, but, you know, some similarities with Tyree Wilson in this class the edge rusher out of Texas Tech. And, you know, there's multiple analysts that have said, don't be surprised if if he's the guy that goes ahead of Will Anderson. A lot of people I do get that. it. And so there's, there's some smoke here to this one. I get it. And this wouldn't shock me at all, but – I, I would I would put a chip on Will Anderson down before I would with Tyree Wilson. Right, right. And with with Will Anderson, a really safe prospect. But I think people aren't giving enough credit about how much upside there is there, too, because he shows right. and he has athleticism. He has, uh, you know, enough length. He has all that you need. He was super productive. He's willing to be a run defender, which is why maybe he didn't sell out for more sacks, you know, because he's playing the run on the way to the quarterback a lot of times. And, uh, and mm-hmm. I think there's more potential for him to go around offensive tackles in the NFL, too. So, yeah, I'm team Will Anderson for sure. But. You know, this is the NFL draft, Matt. You've been covering this yeah. a long time. It should not be shocking at all if, if the guy with the longest arms and the you know and the 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 most um, physical the gifts, the you know, traits and yeah right. traits, yeah, it goes yeah. first. Yeah, I mean that's often how it goes, and his upside is immense. I don't think either one of these guys are Nick Bosa, Von Miller, Miles Garrett prospects, though. To be very honest with you, let me ask you this: so if there's no Von Miller. And right. there's no Miles Garrett here at two for Houston. And you, you don't love the quarterback. Well, why do you let the Tennessee Titans jump up to number three behind you to draft CJ Stroud? If you don't think CJ Stroud's the dude, why don't you as the Houston Texans collect all of those draft picks? And even though it's your division rival, and I know that's, that might be kind of weird, but why don't you collect all the extra picks and have all that ammunition for next year's draft when you might like the quarterbacks more and, you move back to 11 if you're not going to take that quarterback at two because Peter King, and we've heard a lot of smoke about the Tennessee Titans coming up. He has the Tennessee Titans coming up here from number 11 to number three to select a quarterback, C.J. Stroud, between the division rival Houston Texans at two and the Indianapolis Colts at four. If I was a GM, I wouldn't hesitate nearly as much as the league does to trade within the division. And we saw a new GM last year in Minnesota do it. you know, But... I understand that probably the two teams that want to move up the most, the Titans and the Colts, or or the most, you know, would be most interested in a Shroud or whomever, you don't want to deal with because they're in the division. And, I mean, I, I throw it to you. And, again, we always go back to the Steelers and Niners. Like, I'd have a hard time if I was sitting at two and the Ravens were calling. And, I'm, you know, like, I'm not helping them in any way. I've had a hard time with them every year. You know what I mean? Like, well, here's the if thing. Se- like, if Seattle called San Fran, would you be like, sure, let's do business. We're friends, you know? If you, this is what, and I, maybe this is overthinking it. And I, I'm, you know, you're, you're trying to outsmart the room too much. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm winning this trade. Please trade up with me for this quarterback that I'm not going to take right now. I want to play against him. I don't want, I don't want him. Right. 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 We don't think he's enough of it. He might be a good quarterback. We don't think he's enough of a difference maker. We're like, Oh no, we have to play against CJ Stroud twice Mm -hmm. a year for a decade. And if you don't feel that way, then you know, what's going to happen on the other side is Tennessee Titans fans are going to be like, Oh man, how did you give the, the Texans 
multiple first round picks and they drafted this player and this player and this player who have been hunting CJ Stroud for a decade, who have been a thorn in our side for a decade. So that's the way I look at it. So I'd have no problem if I'm Houston. If, if you made that decision, then, you know, drop back a few spots. You drop back I, four I with, with Indy and then you could thwart Tennessee that way. And then maybe you'd have a better spot at, you know, still the edge rusher you're looking at it for. I mean, you and I and everybody on the planet has been talking about Arizona getting out of three since the draft order came out. So I think that's very possible. But back to the Tyree Wilson Anderson conversation, I'd rather get out of there than take either one of those guys, especially Wilson. And I, <laughs> I still think that the, I mean, we're going to, we're spending a lot of time here on this, this right, area right, of the draft. I think it's stuff. the most important area of the draft this year, especially if it's chalky at one and it's, it's Bryce young and, and the Texans maybe don't love a quarterback at two. I, I really do think the Texans have a chance to really run the draft and, and, and control things. And um, however they work, this is going to be super interesting and uh, I can't wait to see how it all turns out. I do still think that them, I, I think they could have a deal worked out. With this is my and I've talked about a little bit on the on the on the podcast here and then we'll move on. But the Houston Texans, I think they could have a deal worked out with the Arizona Cardinals behind them at three where they're like, look, Cardinals, you probably got offers for number three. If you've gotten offers to move down one spot for the quarterback, if we don't take a quarterback, look, we we want to take we might take a quarterback at two. But if we can do this and then you lay out the plan to the Cardinals and the Cardinals might say, OK, which is. Houston says, okay, we're not going to take a quarterback at two. That means pick three just became more valuable. So we're going to do that for you. So you can get that, that value of a team moving up one spot. Now you're going to be at pick number four. Now we're going to come up at from 12 and trade you this and this and this, which mm -hmm. is more than you were going to get if, the t if, if originally Tennessee moved up from 11 or if we moved up from 12 to number three, it's going to be more because you moved back twice. But the Houston Texans in the end don't have to pay that full price because the Colts paid a little bit of the price and then they pay the rest of that price to come up. And then you get both your edge rusher and your quarterback at two and four, if you're the Houston Texans and you controlled the whole thing. I think that's a great way of looking at it. I've said this before on the podcast and I love the way you laid that out, but I would have a hard time if Houston doesn't emerge from this draft with some new quarterback, even if it's Trey Lance or some kind of you know, Lamar, J I mean, somebody, to tell that room that we're going to count on the NC or USC guy next year is a little crazy to me. Like, Oh, I, I for sure. Yeah. I, I think to be honest with you, I think maybe if they, if the Houston Texans go with a, with Tyree Wilson, Will Anderson, you know, a non quarterback at two, mm -hmm. I think the most likely scenario is probably that they end up with Trey Lance with that 33rd pick. I, I think so too. I think, that, and I would condone that. I think that's smart. Give it a shot, right? Genius. And then you could still go into the draft next year, or maybe you have your guy. And that means they probably have seen enough of Trey Lance. They definitely have seen enough of Trey Lance because the offensive coordinator, uh, Bobby Slowick, was there with the with the 49ers through the whole mm -hmm. Trey Lance process, and so was head coach D'Amico Ryans. So that means they believe in him, and then they have that extra edge. So you have that extra edge in saying, ah, we're not interested at all in Trey Lance, or we are interested. And if they are interested, that probably tells the 49ers that he's got some value. So if teams like the Titans, where Rand Carthon was there, if right, there's so many Texans, that right. were there with the 49ers with Trey Lance want to trade for Trey Lance. I think that really tells you a lot about how uh, the league should feel about Trey Lance versus, you know, some of the storylines are that, ah, oh, the 49ers, you know, Brock Purdy, we like, and we don't care about Trey Lance. And we'll just ship him off for nothing. Uh, and, and if those teams aren't interested, then maybe the 49ers should ship him off for nothing. I know, you know, we've spent a lot of time on this, of course, but I know Lance's clock contractually has been ticking and you don't know anything about him. 
I would much rather give up a second, even an early second for Lance than going all in on Stroud at two, you know, and, and, you know, forsaking Will Anderson. And, oh, by the way, you're probably aware of this. Trey Lance is two years younger than Hendon Hooker. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's still a baby. He's less than three years younger, less than uh, than him. Two plus, yeah, yeah, yeah. sure. So, yeah. So, when you're talking about a late first round pick or an early second round pick on Hen and Hooker, would you rather trade for Trey Lance, who could go back to college, play a full career again in college, and come back and be the same age as Hen and Hooker? <laughs> right, exactly. Right. I think he's 22. And Hen and Hooker's gonna be 26 early in the season. I think maybe even before the season starts. Yeah. Yeah. Craziness. Okay. So. We are on pick four officially, the Indianapolis Colts. That is after, if you uh, weren't following along here, pick one in Peter King's mock was Bryce Young from Alabama, quarterback two, the Carolina Panthers. Houston Texans went Tyree Wilson, edge rusher from Texas Tech. Tennessee Titans traded up with the Arizona Cardinals from 11 to three to draft C.J. Stroud, quarterback from Ohio State. And we'll get through this a little bit faster now with the Indianapolis Colts next that do take a quarterback at four and the rest of Peter King's mock draft on this final mock draft Monday for the 2023 NFL draft season. Today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing. We're always changing. We're always learning a lot about ourselves and that self can change. And then we need to learn about our new self once again. And it's important to grow as a human being. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want and why we react certain ways that we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, super convenient. You don't have to worry about, you know, getting to your appointment through running through traffic after work, before work, you know, on your lunch hour. You can just do it virtually wherever you are. Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule and a lot cheaper than in-person therapy. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time if you don't like your original therapist for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash locked on today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash locked on. Here we go. Pick four in Peter King's mock draft and the Indianapolis Colts sit back and draft a quarterback. And it's a quarterback that we're starting to, that was like falling on everyone's boards. And now Matt, which is one of the things that you start to my ears perk up and say, okay, is this maybe we're ending lying season, getting back to some truths here with Will Levis seemingly back on, on top of everyone's list. The quarterback could go number two to Houston. He's going four here to the Indianapolis Colts, the quarterback from Kentucky. I actually believe the hype around Levis. I don't want anything to do with them, to be honest, especially at this cost. I mean, like if I'm Tampa and 20-ish or wherever they pick, sure. Trading up for Levis in the top five or taking him over Stroud, which is starting to be more of a rumor, isn't for me. But I get it. I mean, you can explain away a lot of his troubles because of what was around him and injuries and all those things. But I think it's an extremely risky pick. Do you think the Colts are just like, no, we're good. We're not going to trade any extra stuff. We're not going to listen to anybody's lives in front of us or behind us. We're going to sit at four. We know there's really good quarterbacks, and we're going to draft the best quarterback for us at four, and we think the guy we like is going to be there anyway. I tend to think they are. And I think what would hurt them, though, is 
what if well, the chances that they love four quarterbacks is slim and none. But right. you know, would their three guys all go one, two, three, and screw them over? Probably not. I doubt that's how it turns out. And you could get out if you did, probably. Yeah, and and I think they could make it worth. Here's the thing that's that's tough for where the Colts are because we saw it in this mock draft. Is if the cards we know are willing to move out at three, it's I'm, if I'm the Cardinals, I'm for sure taking what it would take to go from eleven to three more though more so than moving back just one spot. Unless I think mm-hmm. I can move back twice, which is why I have that that Houston Texans idea in my head where the Texans have this deal planned before the draft uh, that that works for for both of them, and they know that they can move back twice. So if the only offer you're getting is from the Colts then of course you take it and go back one spot and that's really easy uh, unless someone's really not giving you the the proper offer of what it would take to move up multiple spots, whether it's, you know, seven, 11, 12, something like that to get up to number three. But if you're getting what it should cost to go from 11 to three, then uh, if you're the Cardinals, you're moving back to 11 all day rather than just all day. Yeah. Spot. Yeah. hundred percent. And the Colts, I mean, if they don't take a quarterback at four and they take Will Anderson, maybe an offer sheet immediately comes out to Lamar or they're on the phone with the Niners or, you know, they're going to come out of this with a quarterback. I'm certain of that. This is the chalkiest pick that's that's really been here all draft season, especially since the combine when Jalen Carter's off the field troubles started to begin publicly. And they, I think, began privately and teams knew about some stuff with him even before that. Yeah. But Seattle Seahawks, Jalen Carter, defensive tackle out of Georgia here at pick number five. It's so chalky that it can't happen. The chalky picks can't happen. If I do a final mock draft, I find the chalkiest picks and, and I change it because it, it seems like it, it's impossible for it to go this way because it always does. But who knows? Maybe. And, yeah, and knows? quarterback's got to be in play here at five and six as well. And would they take Carter over Anderson, who's still on the board? I mean, rarely do they have that decision in a mock that we look at. Yes, and that's the thing is, okay, well, look, Jalen Carter's a high upside guy, but you're worried about his off-field. You're worried about his character, maybe. Well, if you're not worried about Anthony Richardson's character, his upside's even higher because he's a quarterback, right? Yeah, right, right, right. You got a perfect situation to incubate your your young quarterback there. So Seattle, Anthony Richardson, I I think that is where I would go over Jalen Carter, but that's just me. It's funny because I lump Seattle and this next team, Detroit, together all the time because they both have an adequate quarterback. They're both borderline playoff teams trending the right direction. They both have two first-round picks. I could absolutely see a, a quarterback fall at five or six. The Detroit Lions are loving what's going on in the front of the oh, draft. And they just sit here, and Will Anderson's still there, so they're like, cool. Let's go. And look, if Detroit has a, a good feeling about Jalen Carter – uh, if they like Tyree Wilson, you know, maybe if they like one of the corners, the, the Detroit's in a great spot to just sit there and be like, there's going to be a good player for us here. Yeah. I mean, even worst case scenario is they get their choice of corners. Great. You know, cool. they're, they're a really good shot. Yeah. Right. And then after Will Anderson at six, there goes the first corner. Las Vegas goes Devin Withers- Witherspoon out of uh, Illinois, the cornerback. And look, Las Vegas needs a lot of help. Uh, there was talk that Las Vegas was trying to get up to number one. If that's the case, maybe. And maybe all these teams really loved Bryce Young and, and don't love the other quarterbacks. We'll we'll find out, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But Las Vegas, I think quarterback can't be ruled out. Good spot with Jimmy Garoppolo to bring in a young quarterback who can sit. And but they need so much help, offensive line, corner. Uh, I, I like this pick too. You almost can't go wrong with Las Vegas because they they need some help. I hundred percent agree. And uh, unlike the Texans and the Colts, at least they have Jimmy. You know, like Jimmy's going to keep them competitive. They could wait a year on a quarterback as opposed to taking the. 15th guy on their board as opposed to the fifth just because he's a quarterback 
The Atlanta Falcons at eight have been one of the most difficult teams for me to project in mock drafts. And I think it, it, it points to so many different names that have popped up for them with all the mock drafts and the most plugged in guys. Bijan Robinson, running back from Texas, goes here to Atlanta. And look, I have I know that at this point in the draft, basically for until Bijan Robinson gets taken, Bijan will be the best player, the highest grade on all right, these teams' right. draft boards. How much do they value running back will be the question, and that team takes B. John Robinson. I don't think it'll be as high as number eight, but he's not like getting out of the first round or anything. I think he goes – I I think he, this is going to happen, to be very honest with you. I think they, they jump on him. They've made enough defensive adjustments. And the thing about the Falcons, look where they spend their money. I mean, guards and safeties and drafting tight ends high. Like, they don't care about the analytics as much as other teams. And their head coach, you know, made his living on Derrick Henry. They had a rookie running back go for a thousand yards. I know. Now, he was. <laughs> right. yard running back in the NFL. Now he was a fifth rounder, so he probably shouldn't stop you from doing something like this. But at the same time, is it really going to make that much of a difference? It might not. I mean, it's back to the conversation we've had a million times is you could use your bunny and your picks better, but I think it's going to happen. I think they jump on him. Number nine, Chicago Bears, Paris Johnson Jr., the tackle from Ohio State. Uh, this is, seems. Uh, I think the tackles are kind of too close together mm-hmm. rank wise and everyone has Paris Johnson a little bit higher. I'm not going to be shocked if Broderick Jones actually be ends up being the, the top offensive tackle taken because his upside is maybe just a tad more in my opinion. Um, but best offensive lineman available for Chicago. I love it here at nine. And it seems to be universally Paris Johnson, kind of the guy with high upside, maybe a little further along in development than, than Broderick Jones, a little bit older. Um, and so that's the pick to, to the bears at nine, but they could go a number of directions too. But yeah, I just feel like let's, let's, let's fix that. You got your receivers. Let's get the quarterback. Let's get a offensive lineman in there and make sure your quarterback is ready to go into year three. It's, I know it's chalky. And as we said, chalky's usually never happen. But I feel like unless Jalen Carter's there, this is going to be an offensive lineman. Pick 10, the Philadelphia Eagles, Nolan Smith, edge rusher out of Georgia. How do you feel about that selection? I'm fine with it. I mean, I do think this is, I would put a chip down that this will be a defensive lineman. Um, He's a little redundant with Reddick, though. You know, I mean, that's, there's not a lot of beef there for those two. The biggest shocking pick in this mock draft coming up next to the Houston Texans at pick number 12 after Arizona at 11 in Peter King's mock draft. We'll finish it up next. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the everydayers. Matt and I back tomorrow uh, to talk about all the latest and the rumors and the news leading up to the NFL draft. And, of course, we've got one final pre-NFL draft mailbag this week as well so hit us up on uh, youtube comments or on twitter at bd peacock at williamson nfl so pick 11 here is the arizona cardinals after moving back from three they select christian gonzalez cornerback from oregon and it's a great pick great, love it great, everything great. in this makes sense for arizona if they can get back get a really good player here you you one of the things I like about Arizona moving back is they stay in that area of we've talked about oh, maybe 15, maybe 18, depending on your draft board. True, true blue chip sort of first round grades in this draft. So if you're the cards and you get all the all that it would take to move up and you get one of those blue chip guys still like it's going to moving out into the 20s, maybe not. But moving anywhere, you know, in the early teens here, like pre pick 15, it's a home run draft for the Cardinals. It's what they need. More players. Good player here. Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, quality prospect. They need everything. Premier, any premier defensive player or even an offensive lineman for them, great. Especially if they have Tennessee's first-round pick next year. But the, between Arizona and Tennessee, they may have two picks in the top five.
I think both of us are kind of believing that Will Levis might go a little higher than mm-hmm. than he's been mocked recently. I, I just cannot buy the Hendon Hooker stuff, Matt. And I, it goes back to, do you remember Ryan Nassib and yeah. uh, Davis Webb, Connor Cook, uh, Kyle Trask? Last year, there was three guys, Desmond Ritter and Malik Willis and Matt Corral even. There was, you know, this guy's going to go in the first round. You're seeing him in the first round of mock drafts. Peter King has Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee, that we talked about a little bit earlier, going pick 12 here to the Houston Texans. And we've seen a couple of mocks that have him really high. I, I just can't. I don't see it. A 26-year-old right, quarterback, injured, um, you know, the offense, like everything. Crazy offense, together, right. It's not a number 12 overall resume, especially in this class, especially with Anthony Richardson still on the board. I mean, teams do weird stuff all the time. Uh, the Houston Texans have been one of those teams. This, I just I just cannot buy it, especially when we just talked about a trade pick 33 for Trey Lance. Uh, and I'd much rather do that. Right. And draft a difference making player. You're in that area of the draft right now where you're you know, you have one of those clear, clean first round grades that you could draft from if you're the Houston Texans at 12. And uh, is the upside there, uh, you know, hitting hook. It's not hitting hookers fault. It's just this. It's too high. It's just flat out too high. I, I cannot believe the league would do this. But teams screw up all the time, so maybe this is what's going to happen. I mean, in reading the write-up, you know, Peter mentions, guess which team is doing a ton of homework on Hooker the last week or so. Okay, I mean, isn't that your job no matter what? <laughs> right, right, right. I, they have I, other graphics too, yeah. Right, I mean, you didn't all along. I mean, did you just hear about them? I mean, I, that doesn't make any sense to me either. Uh, to, to their credit, I mean, if I'm giving the Texans a huge benefit of the doubt here, which I wouldn't if they took Hooker, is they're in a position they could redshirt him all year, suffer through the year, and pl- plug him in when he's ready. And if they do adore Hooker, knowing what they know at two, they, they'll definitely get him at 12. You know, I mean, if that's their guy that's not named Bryce Young, the plan at two is give me the best defensive player, and then I know I'll get Hooker at 12. Okay, I guess, but it's not what I would do. And you think about it this year, the, the, this way, uh, a lot of people say, ah, oh, you move into the first round and you draft someone like Hendon Hooker, you draft your quarterback, so you get that fifth year. Okay, how right. old will Hendon Hooker be in that fifth year? That means by the time he gets into his second contract, he's already in his 30s. Right, right. With maybe three years experience, maybe four. I mean, isn't not, right. Isn't, uh, I can't remember, is he, uh, I, I'm pretty sure Lamar Jackson's going into his age 26 season, isn't it? Or I think they're very similar age, right. I'd be and very disappointed if I were a Texans fan and I left with uh, Wilson and Hooker as my top two picks. I'd be yeah, like, worst oh, possible man. scenario. No trade, right. no extra picks. Yeah, worst, yeah. worst oh, possible scenario brutal. for a team that could run the draft too. You, exactly. You so many amazing scenarios for the Texans. They Maybe have the most draft a podcast on on just the Texans possible scenarios. Yeah, really. I mean, they need a lot of stuff, but man, I mean, again, I'd much rather trade thirty three or whatever for Lance. New York Jets at 13, Broderick Jones, tackle from Georgia. Love this high upside player. Mm-hmm. And uh, if he hits if he hits what he could be, he will be the best offensive lineman in this draft. Yeah, his I think this is, this is kind of the floor for these linemen. we got Skaronsky next to the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he's a very patriot player. I like this. Oh, yeah. I don't know if Skaronsky's going to fall to 14, but, I mean, I can absolutely see that marriage of, of Skaronsky with the Pats. Yeah, I think this is O-line neighborhood, you know, and maybe even Green Bay, Washington. I mean, there's a lot of spots here before my Steelers pick at 17 where these tackles could go. Like, I don't think that any of them get to 17. A little bit of a surprise here. Green Bay Packers, Dalton Kincaid, tight end out of Utah. 
uh, Utah the first pass catcher off the board ahead of Jackson Smith and Jigba or any of the wide receivers? I don't dislike it, but I would take Smith and Jigba if I were the Packers as my number one target. I mean, because he's so different than Watson. Washington at 16, Brian Branch, safety out of Alabama right before Pittsburgh, Matt, takes Jackson Smith and Jigba at 17. What do you think about your Steelers going with the wide receiver there, Jackson Smith and Jigba? And then I guess you let Deontay Johnson walk, right? There's The latest rumor in town is Deontay Johnson could be on the trade block Thursday. You know, if there's any truth to that, fine. You know, I love Smith and Jigba. I wrote an article for a local you know column here saying – He's one of my sprint to the podium guys, but that was before they traded for Allen Robinson. You know, I mean, not that he's a superstar, but there's he other change your plans either. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. I mean, he's a $5 million investment. I think Smith and Jigba is much better than the 17th best player. So I'm cool with it. Deontay Banks, Detroit Lions going with a cornerback out of Maryland at pick 18 after Will Anderson at six. So Lions fans probably doing backflips with that outcome, I would think. Yeah, and he goes ahead of Porter, which I think is noteworthy and I also think is very possible. You guys might be clouded over there in Pittsburgh with Porter. Maybe, oh, maybe I've been telling people that too. Like, okay. I, he's fine at 17, but I don't think he's a run-to-the-podium guy just because his last name's Porter. Uh, I think a run-to-the-podium pick here, and he'd be probably... Because oh, yeah, yeah. we talked about 15 to 18 guys. Darnell Wright is one of those. Tackle out of Tennessee. Just plug and play right tackle all day. Move Tristan Worst to left tackle. Love it for Tampa. Absolutely. I don't know. He gets past Pittsburgh. And right. And so here's that point in the draft where you're kind of like, okay, this is where, this is why I think, okay, this is where maybe weird stuff happens at quarterback. This is where weird stuff happens with, you know, running backs getting selected or teams trading in or out because they're those, those clean grades, quote unquote, first round guys are kind of gone. And we start to see that here with Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston college going to Seattle at 20. Yeah. I do think this is a neighborhood where, a lot of these players could go 20 or they could go 35. You know what I mean? And I think another receiver for Seattle should be in the cards for them, though. And I have to point out, not only does Anthony Richardson not go at five or six or, you know, go in the top 12 picks, he gets past the Lions in Seattle again at 18 and 20. Anthony Richardson's still out there as the uh, Chargers draft Jordan Addison, wide receiver from USC. So we see a little uh, wide receiver run here in the, the mid to late first round. Chargers at 21, Jordan Addison. It's a good point. I mean, 18, 19, 20, Detroit, Tampa, Seattle, all pass on Richardson. I'm not sure I buy that. But Addison to the Chargers makes all the sense in the world. I will say, and we see this a lot with the draft, is double counting the athleticism. We already knew what Anthony Richardson was before the combine, before his, there were numbers put next to the athleticism and all that right, stuff. Right, he was right. like super athletic, big arm guy. The tape was out there. Teams watched the tape. And it's like, okay, he'll probably go maybe in the twenties in the first round, but too, t- too talented to pass up on at the end of the first round. Uh, and then he jumped up to some people put him in number one overall in mock drafts Were those people double counting. And he's in the twenties is where he should have been all along. Possibly. I mean, I think a huge key is, after sitting down or spending the day with him, not that he's unable to learn. I'm not implying that he's not smart. Is how much does he need to still learn? I mean, he right. hasn't played much football. And from what I've been told, that was the Malik Willis thing is, wow, he's a year away from being a year away just in terms of understanding an NFL scheme. That could scare people off. 
And that's what's hard is like we yeah. don't know that aspect of it. And if a player doesn't know a lot about what you're going to do, and it's like, well, he has to sit because he has to learn before he can play, but he needs to play to reach what he needs to do. So, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit dicey. So I could see that with someone like versus someone like Levis, who's played a lot, you know, Hooker, played, played a lot, a lot right, of football. Right. And so maybe just has more knowledge of, of offenses. Mm-hmm. Blitz protections and, you know, I mean, the stuff you have to know to walk out on a football field. Baltimore Ravens, cornerback Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, it, it's hard for me because he's a really good player. Great tape, 166. He's 20 pounds away from being still a little not undersized. the biggest corner, right? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> 180-something pounds would be like, oh, he's <laughs> right. pretty thin at 6'1". But 166 pounds, wow. Uh, he plays bigger than you would expect at that weight. But uh, only a few teams are probably going to like Emmanuel Forbes. But, you know, first-round tape. Great tape. Uh, still, one ahead of Porter. I mean, they couldn't be any different. Porter's a giant. We've talked about the Minnesota Vikings as a dark horse quarterback team, maybe even a Trey Lance team, his home state of Minnesota. But they've got Anthony Richardson sitting there for him at 23 in this mock draft, and I'm sure uh, this would be a probably pretty easy selection for them with Kirk Cousins going into the last year of his contract. I think that's a run to the podium move. I mean, he could totally redshirt, but you could also have him active on game day, and he goes out there for 10 snaps and runs and makes you hard to prepare against. You'd still be competitive. Uh, save a ton of money once Cousins moves on. I think that'd be great for Minnesota. A, g- a great guy to for a young quarterback to learn behind as well. Yeah, right, right, right. It's better on the block. You know, won a lot of games. Sure. I wonder about the system fit with Anthony Richardson too, because this is you know this is that Shanahan McVay tree mm-hmm. offense. Is that the best offense for an Anthony Richardson? Because you know they're not going to change their offense, right? No, that's true. I, I mean, think a little bit. You know, alter right. it slightly, but um, they're not going to go hire Greg Roman all of a sudden or something like no, that. No, right, right. It's not going to turn into the Eagles or Ravens offense. Jacksonville Jaguars, 24, Lucas Van Ness, who's all over the place on draft boards, probably about as late as I could picture him going with just his pure ability. By the way, our guy Wig, Locked On Jaguars host, had the Jaguars taken Lucas Van Ness in our Locked On oh, yeah. special. This is probably his floor. You know, you've seen him at eight. I have questions about the guy, but I can see why people like him. I mean, I, I yeah. like Murphy better from Clemson. But. I can see why he'd be like, eh, eight's too high. But here, I mean, just too much ability. And, you know, yeah, there's yeah. still a lot for him. You know, he'd be a better pro than he was a college player for sure. With the Jaguars, I don't like it actually, though, because who's going to turn the corner? Because they got Trayvon Walker last year. He's kind of a similar guy. Who's going to come off the edge with yeah. that speed? I think they're a little redundant, too, you know. Michael Mayer, tight end out of Notre Dame, second tight end off the board here to the New York Giants at 25. Going to run through a couple picks here. 26, Dallas Cowboys, Joey Porter Jr., cornerback from Penn State. Buffalo Bills, Josh Downs, wide receiver from North Carolina. Downs is a player a lot of people like, but uh, due to his size and sort of, you know, he's he's pretty much a pure slot. I haven't seen him in the first round a lot, but I know a lot of teams like him. I'd be a little bit shocked in the first round, but again, we're in an area here where, you know, picks 20 to 50 might not be all that different. Yeah, I mean, you keep Stefan Diggs out of the slot and a weapon here to Buffalo, no matter what style. Maybe it's a tight end. Maybe it's a Hyatt or somebody like that. Makes sense. I mean, I could definitely see them going offensive weapon of some sort. A little early for downs, though, his size. Uh, Michael Mayer with the with the Giants already trading for Darren Waller. I don't get that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can't the area for Michael Mayer. Uh, if they didn't do the Waller trade, sure. You know, maybe they want to go two tights and they're not worried about he's the best pass catcher. So we'd rather do that than force a wide receiver. I guess I can see that. I mean, Waller's not young and he's not durable. I mean, you don't have a ton invested in him. Maybe they just think he's the best pass catcher available. Which I guess I understand, but can't put a huge stamp of approval on that one. 
Final few picks here of Peter Keen's mock draft on this mock draft Monday. Luke Musgrave, tight end from Oregon State to Cincinnati. New Orleans selects Miles Murphy, defensive end from Clemson. Uh, that was what the pick I had for New Orleans in my mock draft I did a couple weeks ago, Matt. And I didn't like it because I don't think Miles Murphy is going to last this long, but it was a, you know, he did, and it was a perfect fit there. So if he gets there, uh, I love the fit for New Orleans. Oh, yeah. We got uh, pick 30, Philadelphia Eagles going Jameer Gibbs, running back from Alabama. And then the Kansas City Chiefs, Osiris Torrance, guard out of Florida, finish up the first round. Gibbs to Philly. I mean, we get him on my fantasy team. First lot there. Oh. you're right about Murphy. Perfect fit in terms of style of defensive end they like. I'm a huge Musgrave fan. I mean, uh, I think he's being slept on a little bit. He'd be a good fit with the Bengals. Um, I guess the Chiefs could keep a strength of strength, but as it stands right now, they have one of the better guard pairings in the league. Would you rather have Jameer Gibbs at 30 or Bijan at 10 if you're Philly? 30. I think. I mean, there is a gap between the two, but I think Gibbs is a pretty special player. I already have, I already have Penny in tow for as long as he stays around. I'm not going to ask him to play a ton of snaps. I mean, I don't know that I need a bell cow like Robinson. You know, now that I think about it, I th- I wonder if that's not – of all the teams, because I, I do think like a receiving style running back and, and Jameer Gibbs could be a really good NFL player in a lot of offenses. Yeah. Maybe that's not the style that fits Philly perfectly. I didn't think so originally. Yeah, I think they want more of a straight-ahead banger, yeah, tough guy. They you know, their run game to be their run game, and the how much did they throw to backs. backs. Yeah. yeah, and then a lot of what happens with the the ancillary run game, where a where a really good receiving running back would would help you. Uh, that's where Jalen Hurts operates and makes plays. So right, right, right. You know, he's his own checkdown in in some ways. So that's it's interesting. a little bit of a square peg round hole thing. I thought that originally too, but I think Gibbs could be a first rounder. Oh, so he's so fun to watch. Yeah, right. watch yeah. like, I, to be honest with you, and people think I hate running backs. I love running backs. I wish running backs were more valuable. You know, if I could just say, if you could just stamp Bijan and Gibbs and say they will never get hurt for their for the first five years of their career and play every game, like okay, let's 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 start talking about first round picks here, but. Um, we know that's usually not the case. And as we've seen, yeah. when we talked about with the Falcons, they just had a fifth round thousand yard rookie running back. <laughs> right. And the Eagles could probably put anyone on that offense to get a thousand yards. Yeah. They'll be just fine. No matter what they do. They'll be just back. fine. Yeah. All right. Th- that's, uh, that's Peter King's mock draft. I think some interesting nuggets there. And, and as we, tr- as we transition from lying season back into maybe some nuggets of truth in the final week of the pre draft season, I'm starting to buy that there's some truth leaking out, but I'm gullible. Uh, now and now I'm picking and choosing which ones I believe, and that's just my own biases. Which ones, and so I can be what I really want to wrong believe, on right, those right. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, and we're getting close to it. Thanks everybody for making us your first listen on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to the everydayers out there, Matt and I. Back tomorrow, Peacock and Williamson.